to be able to identify the impact we often need a guide. We need somebody who's going to be able to help us navigate the pain, the shame, the offense, the survival strategies that kicked into place when they had to, that we're now asking you to let go of, to turn back to your partner who hurt you to build security. That's really hard to do. And so we want to just encourage you to get into this process too. It will exponentially speed up the process of health and sobriety. I'm Angela. And I'm Chad. And we discuss issues that couples face in everyday life. Then we set you up to have a conversation with your partner that's designed to bring you closer together. This is the Connecting Couples podcast with the real Emhoffs. Real conversations for a real connection. Here we are in our final episode of this addiction series which we tried to make exhaustive and actually it's impossible to do because there are so many gosh outliers so many nuances so many specific cases that we could say well this was different and this was different and even for the listener you might have tuned in specifically to this because someone said hey you're experiencing addiction in your life and your friendship and your marriage and your family listen to this podcast and now we've laid it all out but haven't specifically identified your exact thing that's because it's impossible to there are way too many options but we're trying to kind of bring it all together and summarize some of the main things that we've talked about in this episode 12 of our addiction series. So let me just dive in and we're going to try to cover everything we've covered in a summary of all the things we covered. Uh, but, but in Ready, set, go. Again. Uh, but I want to talk about the idea of action versus inaction for just a minute. Yeah. And I want to say so often people have been telling person who struggles with addiction, hey, you should stop that thing. And I'm like, they probably should, yeah. don't get me wrong. But we also have to find, what are we going to add? What are we going yeah. to do? We need to frame some of this, as a therapist would say, in a positive frame. We need to talk about what we're gonna insert into that space. And so I'm gonna talk about those five things really quick. We'll run through it. But the first one that you need to do is literally say, what am I gonna take out of the house? How am I gonna put guardrails around my life that keep me from stumbling into the thing that I'm trying to stop doing. And that may impact my partner. My partner may have to stop drinking for a while or support me in my choices not to go to that Christmas party or do that thing where mm -hmm. I always fell back into the old habits. So the first one is, can I set guardrails, safeguards in my life that keep me out of the struggle? The second one is, can I have some sense of self-awareness? Can I dig into my own heart? Yeah and take time to recognize what my experiences are. So often, people that struggle with addiction don't pay attention to their lived experience in the moment. Mm -hmm. We've gotten really good at kind of running through, finishing the work, pushing harder, doing more, and then we cope with this mountain of pain and stress or distress at the end of the day by going to the five o'clock happy hour or whatever the thing is. And I wanna say, if you're gonna to start to get healthy, we have to step out of that pattern of avoidance of our own pain and then coping in a, in a really unhealthy way and start to say, what is my life or lived experience and can I get in touch or in tune with that? The third thing is, can I start to add self-care to this? 
Can I start to incorporate things that are healthy? We mentioned a couple things in that episode. The first one is, can it, I really think self-care needs to be something that gets your blood flowing that's a little bit physical. So it's like something I can put my hands on or I can get outside and do, or if you don't want to go outside, something that you can exercise inside or something that kind of gets you up and moving. Maybe it's a craft or a project, all kinds of things there that would get us moving. The other thing that I wanted to say is it's something that stimulates your brain. It engages you in a deeper way and a different, deeper process than you normally would have. I love to think of it as like learning a new thing, learning music, I, heck, learning a language, all kinds of stuff that I could go into, but like something that's going to engage my brain and engage my body. When I think about self-care, I really think about something that I enjoy doing too. Self-care needs to be something that I enjoy. It can't just be a project. There is no cookie cutter with self-care. It has to be made and tailored to you. So that's something that you really enjoy. Number four was relationships. So really what we're talking about is do I have community, not just a a marital relationship, Mm -hmm. but a community around me, maybe a few friends that are really close that get the struggle that I'm in people that kind of know where I'm at, what I'm going through and how I'm doing. I I think we could say somebody that I can just be honest with about how I'm doing. If I want to go, if I'm an alcoholic and want to go drink, I have somebody that I can say, hey, I want to go drink and they can talk with me about it, maybe even spend time with me, kind of engage with me, care about that part of me and not shame me out of it or, or beat me up for it. But community that knows me, loves me, cares for me. And then the last one is our story. Do we have a coherent way to put our story together? We mentioned a timeline, kind of writing that out. We also mentioned an inventory and kind of getting a list of the people that have been in our lives, the good and the bad things that have gone on and ways to kind of organize that story. So I love that you're still kind of reflecting on the scaffolding that needs to be in place in order for somebody who has identified a dependency or an abuse of a substance or behavior or even misuse who wants to shift. For us, it was Mm -hmm. food. It could be all of the topics that we have talked about and then some. And so you're the partner trying to support your partner to do it. And what I want to say is research has actually started to show in attachment how big of an impact you play in supporting your partner to get healthy. You actually have more of an impact than anybody else, including a paid professional. So we want to just, again, encourage you to get in the process. Now, I don't want to encourage you to be your person's accountability partner. That can turn into a negative cycle really quick. (laughs) And that's not your job unless you have a securely attached relationship already, then you can hold each other accountable. But in this process where they're getting healthy, our recommendation is that you start to go and work on yourself and start to work on some of the ways that you have found strategies that might need to shift as your partner is getting healthy as well. We encourage you to go to Al-Anon. We encourage you to go to Celebrate Recovery, which isn't issue specific, but covers all the hurts, habits, and hangups. We encourage individuals and couples therapy in this process. Every healthy couple that we know that we would identify with has been in therapy. And so we are huge proponents of saying some of this stuff is really heavy. The last two episodes, ninja moves is what we're asking couples to even consider to be able to identify the impact We often need a guide. We need somebody who's gonna be able to help us navigate the pain, the shame, the offense, 
the survival strategies that kicked into place when they had to, that we're now asking you to let go of, to turn back to Mm. your partner who hurt you to build security, that's really hard to do. And so we wanna just encourage you to get into this process too. It will exponentially speed up the process of health and sobriety. It's exactly right. We need to do the best we can to just show up for each other. You know, addiction is really the opposite of connection. It's this disconnection and this running to or longing for something just to get rid of the bad feelings. Yeah. And and so to really start to shift this whole thing and say, can we start to sit in and go towards the painful places that need to be responded to, that need to be cared for? If we start to do that, we really get traction, not only on the front of, I'm not going to do that thing anymore, but we get traction in our relationship and in a place that really starts to build hope, not just for this relation, not just for sobriety, but like for generations, for our kids, for our family, for the people around us, for communities. And so if we can start to lean into the pain, start to see the pain and, and go towards it, man, we really do start to change what's happening. I want to just kind of play off of the hope that you're even talking about. I have a friend who got into recovery because of drugs, and he has not only found sobriety, but has turned around and is a leader, and his marriage is restored, and he's super healthy. And he says, I used to be a dope dealer, and now I'm a hope dealer. (laughs) And I love that idea that we have seen all of these horrible addictions, the worst of the worst case scenarios, find redemption, get health and sobriety, repair marriages where I thought, man, I think that would do me in. And I see (laughs) forgiveness and grace and love and health and hard work and more forgiveness and more grace and relapse and more grace and like all of this stuff. And yet, they still are committed to one another. And it's inspiring for me. It's inspiring for us to see it. But then to pass it on, if you are somebody who is struggling with addiction, if you are somebody who is married to somebody who is struggling with addiction, we cannot enough say that we care about you. And that is why we are even doing this series, Mm. but also why I cry a lot. we are saying to you that there is hope. We wouldn't even be putting this content out if we didn't believe that you could learn a new way, that you could learn different choices, that you could find comfort in healthy things, and that you could find security in your relationship. And that's really what we want to continue to encourage and what we want to try to promote is that there is an opportunity for there to be a shift and for you to build connection where there's been disconnection. And I, I gosh, Angela, I see your tears and I'm like, I appreciate <laughs> I it. Cry, I'm a crier. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying like, there is hope. Yeah. This isn't hopeless. And the way that you find that hope is is not just through the removal of all the bad stuff. Yeah. It's the leaning into, it's the, it's the pressing into new spaces and new ways of doing things, finding new community, finding new places, new ways of doing life. I really do think that while we're talking about addiction, we're talking about a healthy way of living. So much of our society pulls us to all these things that it promises as the thing, whether that's money or sex or drugs or whatever the thing is. We could put a hundred topics in there. 
And, and I want to say that that's not really where it's at. That's not where you're going to find your hope. I think your hope comes from, in my opinion, Christ from God. But then we also have this hope that we can show up and give one another grace because we have been given grace. Yeah. And that is different than the world knows. That is different than politics. That's different than the, the way that people have taught us to avoid and go away from pain or punish bad behavior. We have to find ways to show up for one another in our most hurt and painful places. And if you want a summary of what we're talking about, I think that's it. Show up yeah. for each other. Let people into the hard places. Engage in community. Find out what it is that's going on inside you so that it can be met. I want to just take a minute to say, if you are listening to this and going, I can't show up for my partner, or I'm having a hard time letting my partner show up for me because there have been wounds, because there has been damage, that is the exact place where we are encouraging you to ask for help. There mm -hmm. are lots and lots of places and resources that you could plug into where you can get the help that you need to rebuild or to build the scaffolding around so that you can restore some of these broken things. So we've mentioned them throughout the entire series, but we want to take a minute to just re-mention some of the obvious ones. First, Alcoholics Anonymous and Al-Anon. You can Google either one of those near me and it will show up where they are locally in your area and they're nationwide, they're worldwide actually, where you can go to groups and find the support you need to start getting healthy. Also, Celebrate Recovery. I'm a Celebrate Recovery ministry leader. These are not only nationwide, these are worldwide. I've had the opportunity to go to several other countries where we have launched Celebrate Recoveries in some of the other countries. It's really cool to see that this impact is nationwide and worldwide. But you can look up CelebrateRecovery.com and find a location near you and get plugged in if you're somebody that wants to incorporate faith in the journey as well. Obviously, we strongly recommend therapy, specifically emotionally focused therapy. Again, this podcast was designed to come alongside people who are in emotionally focused therapy. And so you can look on the website that is ICEEFT.com. It stands for the International Center of Excellence of EFT. And you can find therapists that are certified or trained in EFT and emotionally focused therapy who can work with you, who are trained to go into these withdraw and pursue patterns to, to be able to help you process an attachment injury and really find lasting change and shifting some of the strategies. And so we really encourage get help. There's lots of resources and restore in your relationships some of the places where you're hesitant to reach to your partner for comfort because there has been a breach due to some behavior or some addictive substance. And that leads us to our connect point. The Connect Point is designed to help you have a different conversation about how you experience your relationship. Small adjustments lead to big change over time. Take some time to practice with us now. In this Connect Point, we want you to take just a few minutes and think about what is the next step I need to take? And if there is a next step, whether that's early on in recovery or later stages of recovery, I want you to write down and maybe share with your partner 
what what that thing is. Do I need to call somebody, make a plan, or do I want to try to dig in deeper with a therapist and go after our relational hurts? It could be something as simple as from our self-care episode where you just have to do a load of laundry and go for a run. And it could be something bigger where you have to phone a therapist and get into couples or trauma therapy and start processing some of your stuff so you can tell your story. Only you know what step you need to make, but we're encouraging you to take steps that will help you have a more connected relationship where you can have some of these real conversations for a real connection. Thanks so much for listening to us. If you've enjoyed this podcast, one of the best things you can do for us is to share it with another couple that you think could benefit from it. You can rate us and give us a review on your listening platform, and you can follow us on our Facebook page, The Real Emhoffs. If you want to support our nonprofit that makes resources available for couples, you can check out the Ways to Give tab on our website, therealemhoffs.com. We love to hear from our listeners, so feel free to message or email us with ideas you might like us to talk about or the ways that our Connect Point conversations are impacting your relationship. Thanks, Thanks again. again.